Welcome to the Hope New Podcast, a podcast for parents of children impacted by disabilities, where we believe there's beauty in the journey and purpose in the pain. Your hosts are Jonathan and Sarah McGuire. Hey everyone, welcome to the very first Hope Anew podcast. My name is Jonathan. And I'm Sarah, and we are the founders of Hope Anew. We're so excited to have you here on our very first podcast, and we're looking forward to the season up ahead of us. Uh, We have some wonderful interviews coming up, and yeah, it should be a fun time. As we get going, Sarah, how about you introduce us? Jonathan and I have been married for 17 years. We have two boys. They are 13 and 11. The 11-year-old is the one who has had additional challenges throughout his life. And we live in the country in Northeast Indiana. Well, through the upcoming podcast, I'm sure you'll get to know both of us more as well as our interviewees. And we are looking forward to getting to know you as well. Now, what can you expect from this podcast? Well, first, you can expect it monthly. That's where we're going to start out and where we plan to do the frequency for this year. After that, what can you expect? You can expect to hear interviews from different authors, speakers, experts, parents, siblings, anyone who might be connected with special needs and topics that relate to what we as parents and families of kids with special needs are going through and what we're navigating on this journey. In today's podcast, we want to take a little time to introduce ourselves, Hope Anew, and share our story. As Sarah mentioned earlier, we are the founders of Hope Anew. You might be asking yourself, what is Hope Anew? Many parents of children impacted by disability or special needs are hurting. Hope Anew guides those parents to Christ-centered hope and healing. Sarah and I became passionate about this through our own journey in special needs. When our youngest son, Jordan, was an infant, he was allergic to all food except for sweet potato and was on the very severe end of the autism spectrum. He was miserable and in pain all the time. He cried and screamed. He was nonverbal, had anal fissures, sensory issues. He projectile vomited pretty much every time he ate. He would bash his head into hard surfaces, and I could keep going, but you get the idea. Um, Doctors were not able to really offer us any direction, help, or hope. And at the time, we were missionaries with Wycliffe Bible Translators. We had just moved across the country right after he was born. So we lived over 1,100 miles away from family or friends. We had found a church, but we hadn't really had a chance to connect with many people there yet. And so we had no support system. Um, Jordan was only sleeping about 20 minutes at a time. And if you put those pieces together, that would total about two to four hours per day. So that's all I was sleeping as well. So this continued for about a year and a half before I hit a wall physically and just had a breakdown. And I can remember the moment that triggered it. We were in church on a Sunday morning, and Jonathan and I were sitting right behind the pastor. And they did a meet and greet uh, time during the opening of the service. And the pastor greeted us and asked, uh, how are you doing? And I replied, oh, I'm tired. Because when this is your life, what else are you going to say in a 30-second meet and greet, right? So I just said, oh, I'm tired. Well, the pastor followed that up with the question, do you have any plans to get some rest? I just shook my head and quietly said, no, not really. Thinking how much I would love to, but with no support system and living on a missionary income, we didn't have any money to hire any help. 
So getting rest really wasn't a possibility. And then the pastor jovially responded and just said, well, you know how that works, right? When you're tired, you have to get rest. I nodded my head and simply said, yes. Then the clincher. He asked, what do you need? With that question, I started bawling. I hadn't even considered what I needed. Life was all about my son, every moment of every day and every night. Um, My needs didn't really matter. But when he asked, what do you need? Wow. Um, I started sobbing, and I sobbed out, a grandma. I need a grandma. And then it was time for him to preach, and so he turned and went up on stage to preach. Now, I wasn't a crier, and up to that point in my adult life, I rarely cried. But with that question, I started crying, and I couldn't stop. And I cried all the way through the service, all the way home, and into bed, where I slept for 22 hours straight. I woke up for a few hours, nursed Jordan, and slept for another 17 hours. Now, obviously, my husband... um, didn't go to work those days, and I'm not even sure what he fed him, or uh, I really wasn't aware of anything that happened during that time. Um, Jonathan, what did you do during those days? Honestly, I'm not even (laughs) sure what I did. Uh, The time is a blur. Um, However, if I had realized how bad things were getting, I would have packed up our bags and said, okay, God, this is a great calling. This is a great ministry. But We're moving back north where we have friends and family that can help. And, of course, I didn't tell him how bad it was because with him being involved in Bible translation work at the time, that was really the only thing that was giving me hope or purpose. Now, of course, I realize that that was pretty short-sighted of me, but at the time, that was my perspective. Well, now our son Jordan is 11. And God has brought many different things into our lives and into his life that have helped him tremendously. He still has his challenges, but he's doing very well. And our oldest son, Josiah, is now 13. And of course, he has been part of the journey the whole time. Thank you for sharing about our journey with everyone. Um, What would you say was the most difficult part uh, for you during, during this time when it was the hardest? Wow. That's that's a loaded question. Okay. Um, I would say that it wasn't one thing in particular. It was a combination of several things. Of course, sleep deprivation always makes anything difficult. But I would say above that, even loneliness, because we were so far from any friends or family, and we really didn't have any support network. So it just felt very, very alone. And that was, that was difficult. Um, and probably probably the most difficult of of all the things um next next to that then would be because of all the struggle and challenge and hardness that was in it it really challenged my faith and i really had to dig deep and really process what was true and what wasn't true because so many faith questions came into it. It really became a crisis of faith for me. And as we were missionaries and supported by individuals and churches, and I didn't really feel like I could be open with anybody, and I couldn't really sit down and just chat with anybody about those challenges and struggles. So I just kept it internal between 
me, God, and my husband, you, and um, it kind of sorted through those over time. I would say the hardest part for me was a little bit different. Sure. When things were most difficult, not only did I go through a grieving process for Jordan and the loss of the dreams that I had there, I also felt like I lost a wife. Because you're busy researching and figuring out how to best take care of Jordan and his needs. During this time, I also learned how to become flexible and more adaptable. For example, I remember one morning coming out and finding that all the gluten, all the bread, the cereal, and oatmeal, everything I typically ate for breakfast before work, uh, was thrown out and was in the trash can. So I had to learn uh, what to do for breakfast. God used this and and is continuing to use this to help me to learn how to become less self-focused and better at loving others. You shared a little bit about your breakdown. I remember particularly that there was a time actually just like the day or two after your breakdown. And it felt like God opened up some doors for you to um, be with other women that really, really helped bring some healing for you at that point. I don't know if you're able to speak about that more. God's timing is just amazing, of course. And I had wanted to be part of a mentor group that our church did as a mentee to be mentored um, for, goodness, it was like over a year that I had signed up for this. And then because of our lives, we had ended up being back in Indiana for a few months. And I was pregnant with Jordan and gave birth to him and then moving back to Texas. So there was a whole process of groups that had happened that I hadn't been able to be a part of because of our life circumstances. So things had finally aligned for me to sign up and be a part of this six-week mentoring group. And I had signed up for that and was anticipating it. And then on Sunday, before it started on Tuesday, I had that breakdown. And it hit hard. And I pretty much slept from that Sunday afternoon all the way through to that Tuesday. I forget what time Tuesday I I woke up. But it was that night that the mentor group started. And with the breakdown, I felt so at the end of myself and at the end of any capacity that I had for relating with others or being with others or anything. I was just empty, completely broken and empty. And the last thing I wanted to do was to be with other people. And... I was not looking forward to the group that night. However, as part of the group, we had signed a commitment form that we would be there every single week and that we had arranged our schedules so that we could be. And when I give my word, I keep it as long as it's at all within my power to do so. And so simply because of the commitment I had made, I went to the group that night and over the next six weeks, every Tuesday night. And those women that came to that group were such a blessing. And they spoke to me and loved on me and just cared for me. And that just really opened the doors to what happened after that and kind of coming out of that time. It it was like this, this horrible breaking point and then blossoming after that. Slowly, not, it didn't happen quickly. But one thing I did that night is during my breakdown, I had cried out to God and just said, God, 
I can't do anything. I'm at the end of myself. I can't take care of my son or my family anymore. And I need you with skin on because we don't know anybody down here. So I need you to show up and I need you to have skin on because I need somebody to help just with the course of daily life. And part of the answer I got back was the prompting to reach out and ask for help even from people I didn't know or didn't know well. And so I figured I'm going to a mentor group with older ladies. What better place to ask for help? Church-approved people who are in a stage of life where they're not raising young kids themselves anymore. So that night I did reach out and I asked for help if anybody could help, you know, come and just watch Jordan on occasion so that I could take a nap or get out and breathe and not listen to a screaming child. And uh, from that, one lady in particular and, uh, yeah, one lady in particular who said, yeah, I can do that sometimes. And uh, what a blessing that that couple became in our lives. And their adopted grandparents to the boys now, still, you know, all these years later, and uh, just a beautiful relationship has developed. And several of those other women have just spoken into our lives, encouragement and love. And uh, that that's just been a great, great blessing. Yeah, that that was a tremendous blessing for, for all of our family. Um, now, in college, you were you were you were a little bit different than you are now. I know when we first married, um, you were into riding horses and you know top of the class and yeah. anything outdoors. You were adventure, rock climbing, and all this stuff. Yep. Would you say that you've changed as a person over the years, or have how have you changed over the years? Oh goodness. Um, yeah, I would say, other than you know my interests and what I wish I could do, I'm still. In that way, I'm the same person. But other than that, like I am a completely different person now. I once was talking to another mom of a child with disabilities, and uh, she's an older, older person than I am. Um, her kids are my age, and yet she had one later in life that was much younger. And I got to talk to her a couple years ago, and as we were talking, she made a statement that just rung so true for me. And she said, you know, before I was a strong, strong woman. She said, that woman is dead. I will never be her again. And I'm a totally different person now. And that's exactly how I feel. I feel like that person I was before, I was a strong woman. I did all kinds of things. If you gave me a challenge or a task, I could do it and I could do it excellently. And well, for the most part, as long as it didn't involve mathematics. Other than that, I could handle it. Yet, um, yeah, after this and after my breaking point, I am a different woman. And now, um, and I think that was so much of the purpose of the journey, where God has taught me that it is not of me, it is of him. And it is my task to rely on him, not to do all the tasks. And that's how I still live that out in daily life. I'm still much physically weaker from going through those years. I'm still tired. I still struggle daily to just do daily tasks. 
Whereas before I didn't, you know, give me a task, I'll do it and I'll do it well. And so that's just been a completely different change and a completely different perspective. So you shared a lot about your struggles. What would you say gave you hope during this time? Okay, that's a really good question because there was so much dark and there was so much hard that that seemed to not just overshadow but kind of consume my life at the time. However, I did know that God is good and that God saved me and that that was like the bedrock for me and I could rebuild everything else. Just go back to scripture and figure out what was true and build on that foundation. So basically the fact that God is good. And even though I didn't understand, even though I didn't know what was happening, even though none of it made sense to me, I knew that he was good and that I just had to figure out the rest, you know, go back and learn the truth of it. It's so important to have that that foundation. Yeah, I remember there was a time where you, you went through trying to figure out what was true and... Mm-hmm. And to have that base, that foundation that you're able to go through and look at, you know, what we've been taught in Sunday school, what we've been taught in church, and finally just looking at the scripture itself and what, what does the Bible say about what is true. So that was, that's yeah. so important. Yeah. yeah, during that time, I never lost the, the foundational bedrock of the fact that I am saved. He died for my sins. I have hope for eternity. I just had to figure out what's true in reality in this time, in this in-between time of before before I'm with him for eternity. Definitely. Well, thanks so much for sharing about how God's led you and uh, actually us as a family. Um, we're going to shift focus here a little bit and transition to uh, looking a little bit more at how God started Hope Anew. The vision for Hope Anew was actually born in 2012 when I was working in a refugee camp in South Sudan. It was one year after it became a new country. Tanks were attacking eight kilometers from where I was at, and refugees were flooding into the camp daily. I was there to help lead a trauma healing workshop. During this workshop, I helped the refugees work through questions like, Why God? How can you be a good God after allowing these things to happen to my friends, my family? Grief. Is, is it okay to grieve these things? Guilt and forgiveness. God, will you forgive me after I've done these things to other people? And how do I forgive others after they've done these things to me? And how do we how do we plan for a future when we're living in this constant state of crisis? As I was hoping the refugees work through these questions, I couldn't help but see a correlation between the struggles that they were having and the struggles that Sarah and I had had when we were in the, the hardest times with Jordan. You know, the questions of, why God? We had faced that too. You know, why God? How can you be a good God and allow this to happen to our child? And grief. I know what the grieving process looks like. But every time our son doesn't reach a milestone, or a peer's child does, I'm thrown back into that grief cycle. Guilt and forgiveness. No, is it my fault? Is there something I could have done differently? Or, God, I'm angry with you. Is that okay? And how do we plan for a future when we can't see past this moment that we're in? 
Well, I came back home from South Sudan. Sarah and I prayed about this idea. And in 2016, God laid on our hearts to leave Wycliffe Bible Translators and to start Hope Anew. One of our philosophies here at Hope Anew is that there's beauty in the journey and purpose in the pain. Can you share a little bit more about that and what does it mean to you? Sure. There's multiple facets to that, I would say. One is, as you've already heard about my story and how all-consuming some of that hard time and darkness was, I learned a couple of things. One is that it's, well, looking back now that I have, you know, a decade behind me on that journey, I can see that part of it is stage. Part of it is the stage you're in, um, where at the beginning there, there is, it's so hard and it, it's hard to find your new normal. It's hard to find, you know, what life is going to be like now and readjusting your expectations to that. So when you're in the midst of that, it's hard to see the beauty that will be in that journey. Whereas when you get further along in that journey, you can look back and see, or you can just look at your present circumstances and see the beauty that has come out of that time. And sometimes the beauty that was even there back in that time, even though you didn't see it when you were there. So that's one aspect. Another aspect is I have learned that because there is so much hard, you have to look to find the beauty. That sometimes it will not just be obvious and evident. You have to actively seek it out and be intentional in finding things to be thankful about, to have gratitude about, and uh, looking to see what the beauty is. And as I've talked with other parents as well, just hearing their stories of their children and their triumphs and the personal journeys that they've been through, there is so much beauty in it. And some of those stories are just so amazing and so encouraging that I want other parents to see, even if they're not there right now, that that's part of what they have to look forward to, um, that there will be times of beauty in their journey, even if they're not there yet. So that there is beauty in the journey and then purpose in the pain. The purpose of the pain part, I feel, speaks very much to that our God is good and our God is love. Love defines him. And he doesn't just let hard things be wasted. He uses them and he has purpose for them. And um, we need to be reminded of that when we can't see and we can't understand. And know that even if he is a God of mystery and his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, that there is purpose in it. I can personally yeah, relate to that. I, I remember looking back at different points where it was so hard for us. And as I shared earlier, you know, it was different than what we expected. And for a while, it felt like I was a parent by myself. Mm-hmm. And here we were down in Texas, away from friends and family, and questioning, okay, why, you know? Um, but on the other hand, I, I, I can look at the bigger picture. If we hadn't been in Texas, 
we wouldn't have had such great resources that we had available at that time and how those resources were perfect for what Jordan needed in his mm-hmm. development and his health at, at that time. So I can see those different moments, those different blips, or actually not even blips, but there's those those moments where we can see that God was faithful and how he was using it, how he had us right where he wanted us to be the entire time. And he was faithful. I wasn't alone. And that, it, to me, adds that beauty. And now seeing the purpose personally as I see God using our story mm-hmm. and how he's brought hope and healing to our lives and to our family and how our family as a whole is so much better, how we've grown so much. And... and and our love for each other, our love for our others, and even from you and I, but also in Josiah and Jordan and seeing how they relate to each other and how they relate to the, the world around them. It's neat to see how, how God's using, uh, using the journey. Well, that wraps up this episode. Next time, we will be chatting with Sandra Peoples, the author of Held and Unexpected Blessings, The Joys and Possibilities of Life in a Special Needs Family. Sandra is both the sibling to and the mother to an individual with disabilities, and I can't wait to chat with her and glean from her wisdom and experience in this area, and I know that you will enjoy it too. Thank you for joining us for the very first Hope Anew podcast. We hope that it was helpful and an encouragement to you in your journey. Please help us get the word out by sharing it with your friends and your family. And also, if you haven't liked the Hope Anew Facebook page, we'd love for you to join us there. You'll receive access to a lot of great resources, including the Hope New Podcast. Once again, thank you for listening to the Hope New Podcast, where we believe there's beauty in the journey and purpose in the pain. Mm-hmm.